Hey guys, before we start the show, I just wanted to tell you, you can find me at alexcast.com, always spell Alex with two X's. On Twitter, it's at the AlexCast, and I'm on everything else as well. This episode is brought to you, as is every episode, by The Standard Bar in Portland. You can find them in person at 14 Northeast 22nd. They're lovely. They have pinball. They have pool. They have shuffleboard. They have good drink specials and all sorts of goodness. You've heard me talk about it on the show, and I mean it. I like them very much. In fact, I'll probably head over there after this. You can find them online at facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. And as I said, in Meatspace, find them at 14 Northeast 22nd. Come, say hi, drink things. Um, Sunday is $3 microbrews, and you can't beat that. You can't. Don't even try. Just come. Say hello. Okay. Enjoy the show. guys, it's me, Alex, and I am here hosting a show called The Alex Cast. You may have picked up on that by the word Alex, this being a podcast, and all those things. I have on the show tonight, Mr. Rogan from Project Archivist. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, uh, podcast-orific, I would even say. And yourself. You sound a little flustered there. I'm doing okay. Um. <laughs> well, here's the thing, is I never know how to answer that question. It's just one of those, or is it a? <laughs> I don't know. know. Am I okay or not? Uh. Yeah. Well, it's like. Well, I mean, well, frankly, I'm on antidepressants. Uh, you know, uh, it's a little weird. Uh, life hasn't really worked out the way I thought it would. <laughs> you know, or is it? You know. <laughs> That's why you take the antidepressants, so you are okay, though. That's the thing. Because if you didn't take the antidepressants, then then it would be a much different story. True, but then it's also well. How are you? Well, I'm not really sure because I'm chemically altered, so. You know, I just get a little curious. Well, the easy way out of that is to ask, is anybody really sure of anything in this reality? That's a good point. Yeah, I will so. do that next time and people can go, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, some of the audience has heard me on your show, but uh, to catch everybody up, where can they find the program that you are a host of? I host a show called Project Archivist, or Archivist, depending on how you want to say it. We are at www.projectarchivist.com. We are a show that covers the strange, the weird, the esoteric. Uh, we bounce around quite a lot. Sometimes we'll do serious shows about, you know, nifty, cool topics, and other times we'll just do farcical shows. Um, Last week, we did an entire show about people freaking out at fast food restaurants and strange things happening to do with fast food chains. And that was kind of one of our farcical shows. Um, I'm working on another piece for another show right now about spectral ghosts and armies. I should, yeah, spectral armies, I should say, not spectral ghosts. That's kind of a redundant thing, but spectral armies appearing throughout history. Uh, next week, we're planning to have a guest on, Daniel Harms, who's going to discuss... Uh, 13th century magic, and uh, we're going to touch on the Necronomicon, how it's played out in literature, how it's a book that actually didn't really exist, but came into existence through the fact that people wanted it to exist. 
uh, you know, because this August being the birth month of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, but, you know, we, we, we bounce around a lot. We have a different, bunch of different formats. Sometimes we interview guests. Sometimes we have people on for roundtable discussion. Uh, sometimes we just cover weird news and, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, silly, funny shows. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. We don't, we really don't have a set format. Um, which, which is weird to a lot of people. Some people want to listen to a show with a set format all the time, but we, uh, we tend to bounce around a lot and people either get it or, or they don't, you know, so it's just one of those kinds of things. Yeah. I think my audience will understand. I'm, I'm very much the same way. <laughs> I actually had a, a, a very nice email from one of your fans that started listening to my show, uh, complimenting my show and it's breath of weirdness. Cause I did some weird audio piece, uh, a few episodes back and then followed up with, just talking to one of my friends about weird shit and then an hour and a half interview with a biblical scholar. So it, I was like, oh, that was so nice that somebody actually complimented me on having mm-hmm. no throughput on any given episode. Well, it's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on my show, because you understand the process of, of having a changing, strange format. You know, we get we get a, there's a lot of shows that we were influenced by. And I think what we've ended up doing is taking all of those shows and, and not only ripping them off, but incorporating all of them into what we do. And as a result, we don't have the set format kind of thing. It's we quite literally don't know what we're doing until right up until we do it or if a guest decides to come on the show or, you know, just as things fall the way that they do. And that's just, you know, it's just the life of a podcaster and how you do things when you're trying to cover strange topics. Yeah, so, that's know, the way I just. That's why I like to do it too, but sometimes it makes, you know, you coming on, I was so glad you didn't ask me the, what are we going to talk about? Cause I mean, you're a podcaster, so you know, we'll just figure it out. But mm-hmm. that's one of those yeah. things where it's almost uncomfortable for me as I've been doing this for like, I don't know, four and a half years at this point, something like that. Mm-hmm. And anytime I have a guest on and they get like, Oh, okay. Well, what are we going to talk about? What do you want? And it's like, Oh shit. Um, I don't know. Let me get back to you with that. I'm like, I'm not actually good at. That's why, out. yeah, <laughs> like when you were on, I was like, wait a minute, you know about this. So I will have you on to talk about this and we'll at least use that as a springboard and see where it goes and let things develop. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, but some, like I've discovered in my show, the best guests that we've had on, the easiest ones and the best ones that we've had to interview were just somewhat everyday people. We've even had a few of our listeners on. In my opinion, those, some of those shows have been our best shows. Whereas, like, if we could have, like, to go into the world of the esoteric and the paranormal, like, people like Nick Redford and stuff like that, we normally don't get a lot of those guests on, A, because we're not part of the whole, um, quote-unquote paranormal clique, and a lot of times we'll ask those people to come on the show, and they'll say, yeah, I'll come on, and then we'll never hear from them, or we won't get a response at all, because we're just not, we're not in the loop. And there's a lot of times where I'm glad about that because you'll hear these people, they'll go on one podcast and then they'll go on another podcast and another podcast and another podcast. And a lot of my listeners listen to those same shows. So by us having them on the show, they're probably going to hear the same stuff on the other series of podcasts that are like what we do. So there's been a few times now after we, now that we've been doing this for a while, I'll go, well, should we try to get this person on? And I'll go, Nah, let's get this person on that nobody's really heard from, but has a really cool story. Or maybe this author that's doing something really cool that a lot of people aren't paying attention to because they're too busy talking to the super guest or what have you. Not that I dislike those big time paranormal weird guests and stuff, but we like to do things a little bit different. And on top of that, we've actually, we're moving away from the world of the paranormal because this is kind of becoming boring at this point. We're, we're getting more and more esoteric and strange topics you know just 
like we love weird history. That's one of the things that we're really, really thrilled about is we love talking about strange and odd history, um, which is why when you were on the show talking about Dr. John D, that's kind of a weird histor- historical topic and not a, not your average layperson goes into that kind of stuff. So you Yeah, know. Those, those are kind of tough too. I was thinking about that when I was on your show. Actually, afterwards, I was kind of meditating and I'm like, man, that was too much of a topic at once. Like it's like, I don't like it just for an hour, hour and a half, whatever we did. It's just there's so much detail that it's it's almost mm-hmm. overwhelming to deal with. Like for John D, it's like, oh, you have to understand, uh, you know, whatever century politics. Then you have to know what alchemy is, the spycraft of the time. And then you sort of have to know a little bit about Shakespeare and well, Marlowe. And it's like, oh, fuck, this is this is almost overwhelming. And you know, it's I hopefully the hopefully listeners got it. Yeah. If, well, actually, there was a listener that listened to our show, and she said the same thing. She's like, it was a great interview, but you guys covered way too much stuff too quickly. And I was like, well, we kind of just tossed it together. It was kind of, you know, you, you really don't go on shows and talk about this stuff very often, so you were probably a little bit nervous. And I didn't know quite a lot of stuff. I knew I knew some stuff, but I didn't know all of it. If I had to do it again, I would have said, you know what, we're going to talk about just this element of things right here. We'll make reference to these things, but let's just stick to this. But you know what? It, it's not a big deal. It's it's not a problem. You know, <laughs> it, it's part of the world of podcasting. You know, and it, neither you nor myself are we're not podcasting rock stars. So we got a show out there. But ultimately, what I hope it did, even if we did touch a whole wide range of topics, is it got somebody interested in that topic that they may have not have heard of this person before, and maybe they'll go out and research Dr. John D. It's like I said on our show, maybe, you know, people will go out and if they find that we're wrong and what we said is wrong, that's fine because at least that person got into that topic to go out there and research that stuff. Like on our show, for as much silliness as we do and as much like the last show with the fast food freakouts and stuff, we laughed and giggled all the way through it and covered a bunch of silly little stories. But we do hope that people get something out of the show and at least want to go and look into different topics and different things that they don't normally pay attention to in their normal everyday lives. So hopefully somebody listening to that show said, hey, maybe this Dr. John D. guy sounds, you know, sounds interesting and maybe goes out and looks him up a little bit and maybe learns a little bit about Anokian magic or learns a little bit more about alchemy or all of those kinds of things. And if, and if however many people we got listened to the show, if 10 people went out and did that, then I count that as a win. Yeah, totally. So, I actually yeah. had a nice email about that one of, and that's the, one of the things I was like, oh, you know, at least it worked on the one side was one of my, not regular, but every now and again, emailers who didn't realize that you know, I, I knew the John D material or whatever, and he was super into it. And he's like, Oh, dude, you actually brought up a part of it that I didn't know. And I was like, Yeah, yeah exactly. I did a really shit job of doing it for openers, like for beginners to it. But, uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah, what if my more expert weirdo, uh, uh, pagan alchemy friends actually wrote me because he had not known about the white powder gold shit? He's like, Oh my God, I, you know, I went into all this research and I watched like six hours of shit on YouTube after it. I was like, Hey, all right, cool. Let's count that as a win. You know, yeah, <laughs> just one of the W column. Yeah. So, you know, it's, that's not a problem for me then. At least somebody got something out of it and learned something new and something different, which is, which is fine for me. Yeah. It's just that historical um, stuff. It's so tough to, cause you got to put it in that period. And, you know, that's, it's, it's almost, that's, oh, the reason I brought that up, let me go back to the beginning is that's why I think there's so many paranormal shows because it's a lot easier than, you know, esoteric history or, or just strange history because that is, you almost have to be scholarly in a certain way. You have to put it in situ. You have to, portray to the audience the world you're living in well with paranormal stuff you're like yeah that guy saw a ufo talk about the ufo you know it's much much less labor intensive well we when we started out we were heavily influenced by a show called mysterious universe oh yeah i love that show 
And uh, way back when we first got started, Ben had gone off the air. And there was another show that we listened to called Erie Radio. Erie Radio was wrapping up. Um, I was doing guest spots on a show called The 13 Skulls before I got started doing my own full-blown podcast. He was wrapping up things at the time because he had a, a child coming and he didn't have the time. So there was this big void vacuum there. And unless you wanted to go listen to stuff on Blog Talk Radio, they're just all of these people that were really good at what they're doing were going away or getting out of it. So um, myself and my co-host, we hung out in a lot of the Facebook pages and the forums and stuff. We knew a lot of these people that hung out, listened to all these different shows. So when we jumped into it, we hit the ground running. All these people were looking for something, for a place to go to get that kind of a fix. So a lot of that crowd migrated over to our show. And in the beginning, we were really into that stuff. Well, as time went on, you can only cover... You can only cover Roswell so many times. You can only cover the Rindlesham UFO case so many times. You can only cover Bigfoot so many times. And after a while, nothing new really comes along. Or the stuff that is happening now, it, it becomes blasé. It's very boring. There's not um, there's not much to it anymore. It's kind of um, it's like eating fast food. You know, it's it's fun to eat every once in a while, but you can't really sustain yourself yeah. on it. So we've just I think over the years because we've been going at it for I think we're going on four and a half years now. We just got really bored of that stuff. And one of the reasons that myself and my co-host do what we do is because we also wanted to learn new things at the same time. Um, there's a lot. See, the other downside is, is once you start covering the paranormal world, you'll get people like, hey, I really like your show, but I wish you'd cover more UFOs. And another email will be like, hey, I really like your show, but I really wish you'd cover more ghost stories. And then somebody else will write in and be like, you know what, um, ghost stories, UFOs, whatever, but I'm really into Bigfoot. Can you guys cover more Bigfoot? So you get to a point where no matter what you do, you can't please everybody. And for us, it was like stew. You know, it's like all of this stuff is in one pot because a lot of this stuff is all in some way or another. It always ends up being interconnected. And then the conspiracy theories all dump into it and all these things. <clears throat> so um, we just got to a point where it was like we couldn't make everybody happy. And at the same time, we were getting bored. <laughs> yeah. So we started moving on to other strange topics. And like the like the weird history we we love the weird history stuff because this is history and these things did happen or in some cases it may be questionable that they did happen or how they happened but they're still history they're still strange that's why like the story the stuff that I'm working on right now we're working on a I'm working on I'm going to try to working on a short piece for the 13 skulls now that he's back and I call I record segments of his show and they're called anomalous and uh the main one I, I got interested in is Arthur Arthur Meachin or Mackin, however you want to produce him, pronounce his name. He wrote a story called The Bowman back in 1914, and it was published um, in September. And Oh, shoot, what was it? It was published in the London Evening News. And I don't know if you know this or not. Maybe your listeners will know. I don't know. But The Bowman was a story about a bunch of World War I uh, soldiers. It's a short story. They were in this trench, and they were fighting the Germans, and they were getting beat, and they knew their time was coming, and they knew they were coming, they were going to die. So they're all singing songs with one another, and they're kind of cracking jokes as they fire off what shots that they can. They're, they accepted their fate, and the Germans are coming in. And then this massive army of bowmen show up that are were summoned by um, St. Saint George... St. George, who is the patron saint of England, I believe. Yeah, St. George, the patron saint of England, apparently summons up this army of bowmen, and they wipe out all these Germans. And that's basically what the gist of the story was. Well, this was um, – the war was going on, and, and people really wanted to believe in something like this. So they started writing to 
Machen saying, hey, what? tell us more about this army. How did this happen? Did this happen? You know, so forth and so on. And he's like, no, no, this is a work of fiction. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. And then people started saying, yes, this is happening. I've, I've seen this army. I've seen this. And it was kind of the version of the of the uh, the slender man at the time you know how slender man was this created monster that people started saying hey i actually saw this monster well this was kind of like one of those kind of situations so it got to a point where he was so tired of, of getting people saying i've seen this or this is real you can't tell me this is fiction that he actually researched it and he wrote, released a book later on in the year with a preface saying no this isn't this was not real this was a story that i created and i guess he started doing research on it and it was something that came about because the religious faith at the time, because of the patron saint of, of England, people wanted to believe it, so they just started to believe it, you know, if that makes yeah. any sense to you. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a really strange story of, of people, something this is obviously fake, but people want to believe in it so bad. And then people started saying, yes, you know, they did see this army. Uh, whether or not they actually did or not, or whether they believe they did or not, is a, is a different story completely. So, these stories of these phantom armies appearing got really interesting to me. Um, and you can tell me to shut up anytime you want to, by the way. Oh no, I was interested. <laughs> I was, yeah, no, I was digging on that. I've, I've looked into those before, actually, out your way. I think that um, mm -hmm. the Michigan Dogman, which oh yeah, I've looked yeah. into that. Apparently, well, the story that I've heard is some dude just made that up on the radio one time, and then um, it became a thing where people started to see it afterwards. No, actually, I know a little bit about that. There is a legend in Michigan. There are many legends of the Michigan dog man up in Michigan. And that story happened in mid-Michigan. I don't remember the gentleman's name right off the top of my head. He was a radio DJ. And he recorded a story uh, whose name I can't remember right now. But he played the story. And then again, it was a situation where people started calling in with their dog man experiences. Well, and then this story kept on going. Later on down the road, it turned into this person was at an estate sale. They bought, uh, they supposedly bought a box of home videos. And one of the home videos in the box supposedly shows these people that are driving along the road. And this woman pans her camera out the window. And out in the distance is this creature running at the car. In the video, the video is very grainy. It looks like an orangutan kind of creature with a dog head. And it runs up to the window and you see the face in the window and then the video cuts. And this was the guy saying, yes, this is proof of the dog man right here. And on and on it went. Well, it turned out it was a hoax. And I believe Linda Godfrey, um, she's been on our show a couple of times, Linda Godfrey, who's written um, the book The Beast of Bray Road, various other uh, animal books. Uh, she wrote a book called American, American Monsters, which is an excellent book, which is similar stories. But she started investigating the story, and it turned out that this whole thing was a hoax. There's actually more to that videotape that the guy cut out of it. There's a scene in there where the, the guy's standing on the side of a road. It's just a fur suit. He's got the wolfman mask on, and he's dancing around and stuff like that. Hmm. All of that stuff was completely come, cut out of the video. And then this guy tried it selling this videotape. Well, Linda actually confronted the guy and said, hey, what's going on here? Is this fake? Is What's going on? And blah, blah. Eventually, he confessed that, yes, it was a fake. It was a hoax. Uh, the video was not real, but he was selling it to people as though it were real, and that whole thing got busted. But uh, as far as the legend of the Michigan Dogman, there, there's many legends around here. I myself, when I was younger, saw something that was very Dogman-ish, not very far from where I live now. I don't know, and I won't go on record saying that I saw a werewolf, um, but it was very strange. <laughs> it hmm. was a very 
large dog. Um, it, it very, I, I don't want to say that I saw a werewolf because it very well could have just been a very large, um, you know, local vermin dog running wild, running wild and stuff. But it was really big and it was really freaky. Um, my whole family saw it. I don't remember as much about it. Most of the people in my family that remember it are, are now passed away. And even when they were alive, I tried to get them to tell me more about it because I remember bits and pieces of it. But nobody in my family really wanted to talk about it. Was so, it on all fours? Or? Um, yes and no. Well, I'll tell you what I remember because um, I've told this story before. I, I don't do it very often, but I'll tell the story. I was very young at the time. And in where I live in Michigan, we have – Metro Airport, not very far away from me. If you have flown into Detroit, you have probably landed in Metro Airport. It's in Romulus, Michigan. It's right next to I-94. It's right down the road from where I'm at. The planes fly over my house. I'm in their flight path. Well, at the time we lived out there, the house is gone now. It's been turned into a parking lot. At one time, it was a Hertz rental car and I drive by the place all the time. But um, when I lived there, it was my mom, her boyfriend, and our uncle. And there's, and I remember all of this, I remember the dog, I'll call it a dog, I'm not going to call it a werewolf, because I honestly don't know, I don't want to be all woo-woo about it. But I remember the dog, um, it was big, there was a dog that appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show, um, what the heck was its name, it was a great big, great Dane, it was huge, it would stand up on its back legs and it like put its paws on Oprah's shoulders and it was still taller than hers, uh, Gibson was the dog's name, so if anybody wants to go out there and Google the dog Gibson, it's since passed away, but it was a huge dog, this dog was about that big, it was really, really big, it had a very mangy front like a German Shepherd, it was black, and in the back it had like a lion's mane fur on the front, and in the back of it, the fur thinned out to a very thin fur, like a short-haired dog. So it was obviously some kind of a crossbreed mutt dog if it was a dog. We had uh, the farmhouse that we lived on. It, the windows were up uh, probably five feet. Like when you walked in the house, you had to walk up a series of steps to get to the front door. It was your classic old farmhouse. <clears throat> um, we would come home at night and this dog thing would be sitting in our driveway and it would challenge, it would like rear up and challenge you to get out of the car and we wouldn't get out of the car until the thing ran away. We had chickens. It would rip into our chicken coops. It would kill our animals. Um, so far, nothing out of the ordinary for a dog, you know, a wild dog. It would have had an attitude, but it was big enough to where it would stand up on its back legs and put its paws in the window and it would rip all of our screens and our windows out with its claws. It had long nails and it would tear the screens out, which was again, frustrating for my mom and the family. So great. We got to fix the windows again. The damn dog's destroying everything. Um, one night, I do not remember specific dates. My mom had some people over, um, and she was partying. She was a partier. She drank. She smoked. She was a child of the 60s and 70s, um, and she had told me to go to bed, and she got up to go to the bathroom, and she had to pass by my room. The bathroom was past my room, so she walked by, and she heard me in the room talking or something. So she opened up the door to yell at me and told me to get my ass to bed. When she opened the door, I had apparently wet myself and wet the bed. The window to the room was – our bedroom window in the room was open because it was hot and it was summertime. And she saw the dog in the window, you know, growling at me. Um, and I remember it had, I, I want to say that it had red eye, glowing red eyes that very well could just be light reflecting off of the dog's, uh, pupils, you know, like cats do. Or when you shine a light in a dog's eye or a deer's eye, you can see the eyes glowing because it's reflecting light. So she had a bottle of beer and she threw the beer, it hit the windowsill, chased the dog away, closed the window, blah, blah, blah. For about a week after that, I apparently was acting very strange. I would take needles and poke my fingers and make my fingers bleed and I would write things on the walls. 
Um, I remember my aunt telling me that I wrote the phrase, our souls are food, which I don't understand why, because at the time I would have been seven or something like that. I was in that age bracket. Um, I would, uh, I, she said my mom, when she saw the shining said that I was acting like the little boy in there when he kept saying red rum, I was acting very strange like that. None of this. I remember everybody in my family each has a story of that week, two week period of time where I was acting really weird. My mom was flipping out. The family was flipping out. They didn't know what was up with me. People were freaked out. We had a cat in the house. The cat was like my buddy. The cat wouldn't go near me there. And this is really weird too. I don't know why, but the walls around the bathroom had little carpet tiles going up around the bathroom door. And I came out of the bathroom. The cat had climbed up with its paws above the bathroom door. And when I walked out of the bathroom, the cat dropped down on me and just scratched the hell out of me and flipped out. So anyhow, this lasted for about a week. Also, during this time, light bulbs would blow up in the house. The the doorbell would go off at random. TVs would turn on and off. Strange things would happen. Um, and then it just, uh, then, yeah, okay, that's, there's more to this. My uncle was into motorcycles. He was outside in the backyard working on his bike. And, uh, this I remember, he had a Joe's hog. He was out in the backyard working on it. And the dog was out there and it was running around the edge of the property and it was just harassing. It would come up and growl and bark, but it wouldn't come real close. So finally he went in the house and got a 22 and he shot at it. He doesn't know if he hits it. He think he hit it in the hip. We didn't see it anymore after that. That was the end of it. But um, one of the things this dog would do is if you were outside, if I was outside or somebody was outside, it would rear up on its back legs and it would charge forward. It would it would run for a short distance on its back legs and it would pounce down and it would stand up again and it would growl and bark at you. Huh. Yeah. And that was really, really weird. That was what made it not dog-like. And it was tall enough to be able to stand up and, and put its paws in these windows and it would just – it would growl at you through the windows. You know, it did. It really didn't have any fear. It would do whatever it could just to make you fear it and get angry at it. It never actually attacked us, but it didn't have a problem going near us and threatening us. Um, so the dog was doing the thing where it reared up and it would charge at him. And uh, finally, he just said the hell with this. And he went and got his little twenty-two rifle and he shot it. And that was the last he saw of it. After that, I mellowed out and things went back to normal again. Now, looking back on it with a skeptical eye... Uh, the house was very old, so the wiring could very well have been bad, causing all kinds of problems like that. That's not unheard of for light bulbs that blow up in houses like that. As far as me acting strange, I was a young kid dealing with a mom who got high all the time, had many boyfriends. You know, it wasn't really a good environment for a kid to be in. So I very well could have just been reacting to the situation that I was in. As far as the dog, the dog very well could just have been some kind of a mangy half-breed mutt that was living in the woods and harassing everybody in the area. Because I've looked through records and tried to find stories of this dog, you know, newspapers and stuff locally. Haven't been able to find anything of any kind of weird dog creature sighting. Um, but I have very, very distinct memories of it. Even now, I'm 42, and this happened a long, long, long time ago, and I still remember bits and pieces of it. Um, the family swears it was something weird, strange, and demonic. Um and the cat mellowed out, you know, that the cat, cats are weird, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to just explain all this stuff away, but it's when you really put a skeptical eye and put some critical thinking into it, it could have been any one of these, any one of these kinds of things. It also could have been, you know, my mom just getting high, you know, wow, man, there's a crazy dog out there, you know? Yeah. She could have just been smoking some crazy weed or something back then. So, well, you uh, know, who knows? Okay. A few questions here. Yeah. One, 
did she, I mean, it doesn't sound like she'd be the type of a forethinker for this. No offense, but, uh, you know, oh, she's no, it's cool. you know, mean, drugged it's out or whatever. Um, yeah. no, no pictures of the bloody writing no. from a seven year old. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I wrote, apparently I, 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 apparently I, I got, I just sat in my room all day doing this and I, you know, I told my mom that I was finger painting. My mom didn't really, she was like, yeah, whatever the kid's busy, you know, I'm going to go do whatever around the house and stuff. And then she went in and checked on me. I had like just done this to all my walls. You know, I just took a sewing needle and I just kept jabbing myself and putting bloody handprints on the wall and stuff. But again, I was a weird kid. I could have just been fascinated by, hey, look, I can draw on the walls. Yeah. You know, so again, it it doesn't necessarily mean that I was possessed by a demonic weird dog creature hmm. that didn't like having beer bottles thrown at it. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it was one of those kinds of things. So, well, you know. What's interesting, too, is about your story is the location. I'm sure. Has this occurred to you how odd that is? Oh, a lot of it's, yeah, a lot of it. I've put a lot of thought into Well, this. I mean the name of the town. Oh, Romulus? Well, I didn't see any, I didn't see any Vulcans or anything like that. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> a little further back than that. The founding of Rome is by Romulus and Remus, which are two yes. twin brothers, which were suckled by a wolf. Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty interesting that a wolf creature shows up in Romulus, the town. That's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's a thing with, uh, with people called nominative determinism, where if your last name's Baker, you're pretty likely to be a baker. Yeah. It's pretty interesting that in Romulus, there's a weird wolf creature. I don't know what that means, but that's fucking odd. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've looked for, I've looked at that coincidence as well. Yeah. I've, 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 I've gotten to a point now where like, I don't really tell the story a whole lot. Like nobody in my family knows the story, like my married family and stuff. Like my wife, that's one of the reasons why I use a pseudonym for everything that I do to keep my family life and my personal life away from the show and the things that I talk about. But I've never told anybody in the family that I have now about it because a lot of my in-law family are very religious people and I'm not really sure how they would react to something like that. Um, and then on top of that, I just don't want to deal with – um I don't want to deal with the fallout of what people are going to think about what I said. You know, I don't yeah. want people to be like, oh, he's trying to be the weird guy or something like that. You know, um, cause I've had, I've had lots of strange experiences happen to me. Like recently back in December, I saw some kind of a UFO. Um, and it, it, that, that weirded me out pretty badly. But a lot of times I just don't, I don't talk about my personal experience with very many people. And like on the show, I, I very rarely even talk about my own personal experiences on the show. But the, you know, the weird things happen. Strange things do happen out there. So I tend to be very skeptical about a lot of stuff, but I do believe that strange things happen and that there is, there is things out there that we don't understand that could be occurring. You know, it's not, um, I'm not total skeptic that whenever somebody says I saw a UFO or when somebody sees a ghost or something like that, um, I don't disbelieve them, you know, but there's times when you can just look at somebody like, dude, you're full of shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then ultimately, who am I, you know, one person's disbelief in your story does not invalidate that something didn't happen to them. You know, like when I had, when I saw the UFO thing, I told, I told a few people, um, and at best I would get, even from my skeptical friends, I've said this many times is that they'll say, well, you know what? I don't believe that you saw a UFO, but I believe that you saw that you think you saw a UFO. And it's kind of like, just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, you can tell your friends, well, fuck off. It means unidentified flying object. If you believe exactly. I saw something and I saw a fucking UFO, jerk. <laughs> exactly. I didn't exactly. say flying saucer from Venus. I said UFO. Like, their, their disbelief in your story does not invalidate your story. You were the one that was there. You saw it. Um, so... Ultimately, I can say, dude, I don't believe you. Well, it doesn't fucking matter, you know. Yeah, I've kind of rec- <laughs> whether or not you believe me isn't going to help the fact that I can't deal with what I saw. <laughs> I've kind of recently 
not invalidated UFO sightings, but I've, I've stopped reading them since, uh, retail drone purchasing. Yes. Is just, I, it just makes it that much more complicated to try to get a good valid sighting of something that could be genuinely, you know, something that isn't, you know, of this earth or whatever the hell well, it is. It's, that makes it really difficult because, there's weird drones out there that people invent and tie them together and put shit between yeah, it that it just makes exactly. it, I, I just, I yeah. have to unfortunately stop looking at them and I don't want to, but it's just now that's that extra bit of, oh, this is just too muddy. Well, that's also the new, that's become the new skeptic. Like I'm not a fan of skeptics at all. I don't, yeah. um, I'm not a fan of the skeptical community, even though I am a skeptic myself. Um, I try to look at everything with skepticism and a critical eye, but the skeptical community, in my opinion, as a whole, and this might piss some people off, a lot of times these people will, they, so I've heard some stories that are just as freaked out and crazy as the paranormal aspect of it sometimes, or it just gets to a point where it comes down to, I just don't believe this. I, I just don't believe this, or I don't want to believe this. And, or, or they'll go, there's things, times where they will just go extremely out of their way just to try to explain something. And it's like, just, it's okay to say you don't know what this is. It's okay to say, I don't know what I saw. It's, it's you know, just because somebody saw something weird doesn't, be, I think it's like the skeptical community has a tendency to want to put an explanation to everything. Everything has to be classified in some way or another uh, and has to be re- rationally explained. And not everything can be rationally explained. Yeah. Um, I, I think of it lately as it's the, the skeptical community. And I come at things from a skeptical per- perspective, like the actual skeptic, not the community at large. Because right now the skeptics yeah. seem to almost be like worshipping the god science instead of practicing the scientific method. You know what it is? There, there does seem to be – science is a weird thing right now. I've never quite seen what's happening with the world of science that I recall of in history, not that I've, you know, lived for thousands of years, but science is at a really weird place right now. It's like everybody wants science until it disproves what they believe in. Like, you know, you've got the people that are disbelievers in global warming. They want their iPhones. They want this. They want that. But, well, global warming is happening. Well, science is wrong. Or the vaccine thing, you know, like uh, science is right, science is right, except for if it's vaccines or if it's genetically modified organisms. Everybody kind of I guess it's like religion where everybody just kind of picks and chooses what they want to work to believe in in science. Whereas science doesn't really work that way. Science is science. Now, the thing about science is the science can be skewed to look different ways. Global warming being a great example. For every model somebody shows you that global warming is happening, somebody will try to disprove that global warming is not happening. You know? <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is there's there's no controversy there. The controversy is reporting on it. In pure yes. science, that's all scientists want is to be proven wrong because that's part of the method. And then that mm-hmm. refines your theory. That's the scientific, the, the science as a, as a methodology to study the world. Having two different uh, opinions on something is very good. It's when it gets reported like it's this big fight and there's, you know, uh, two guys with nerd glasses, you know, with their fists up. It's not that way at all. It's, oh, your model says this. I shall look at your model and then see if it proves valid against mine. Oh, yours seems invalid. Let me show you proof. But, yeah, science but it, is something yeah. that evolved. Like you had the Flat Earth Society. At one time, everybody believed the Earth was flat, and that was that science at that time. Can I just wait? wait I just have to stop you there because I go on about this on the show. No one ever believed the Earth was flat. That's a modern myth. There still is a Flat Earth Society. No, no, but that's a, re, that's a rehash. The, the, mm-hmm. the whole thing of the ancients thought the Earth was flat, that came out in like the 1700s, 1600s. Like mm-hmm. all the Greeks, the Romans, every ancient society knew the Earth was round. It was 
there's never been a time where we thought the earth was flat until like literally the last 200 years. Mm -hmm. There's been a fringe like that whole, oh, in the, in the past, we thought the earth was round and ha ha ha, how, how primitive we were. It literally never happened. It was, I forget who the author was, but it was some guy writing in like the 1700s made some comment about how in the, you know, the, in the old times, we all thought the earth was flat, which it just, it was never true. It's well, it evolved from something that wasn't really true into something that people believed was true because there was a guy that had a flat earth society and he had a magazine that was released and stuff eventually oh, totally. that fell yeah. out of providence yeah no and so. then it then it came into but when the f- guy first wrote it said hey they used to think there was a flat earth that was a wrong statement like yeah. they never did now because of that statement people started to believe people used to think there was a flat earth and then because of conspiracy theory and the way people's brains are broken they go wait a second maybe there is a flat earth and then they start yeah. and it's like well, wait you went back in time to start from a flawed premise oh god <laughs> yeah it, well it kind of ties into that thing i was talking about about arthur meachin and his, his bowman story people wanted yeah, to very much it. yeah and he the guy who wrote it said no this is fake this is not real this is a work of fiction that's nice but there's a bowman army out there there's phantom yeah. armies out there <laughs> it's exactly the same thing yeah it's it's you know. this weird construct it's just it's a pet peeve of mine because i i have a lot of resp- i don't even know how to word this i want to learn about anomalies and strange things of the past something i've always been interested in but Mm -hmm. when it gets subsumed by all these crackpot idiots that take shitty evidence and essentially manipulate it and lie it's very hard for me to do any kind of good research because it's just i have to wade through all this ancient aliens giorgio sukalos horse shit and which is one of the reasons why we don't want to cover that stuff anymore surely you're not talking about the moon landings being hoaxed yeah oh that kind of stuff where it's just oh jesus fuck you have to (laughs) Like, there's so much, cause the thing is, there's some really cool, um, evidence about the moon landing that they may have fudged some of it. Not that they mm-hmm. fake the moon landing, but that some of the photography may have been a little fudged and that kind of thing, which would be nice to look at, but there's no way you're going to get a proper, like, actual photographic expert, like, you know, head that tops the field to ever look at it, because batshit crazy people say the whole thing was faked, or, you know, it's, there's no way to get serious, uh, scholarly looking at it, because, these nut jobs are doing like last week I had uh I had uh, this guy Dr. Michael Heiser on I don't know if you ever heard of him yeah uh so I had him on it was fucking I was really brilliant I really like talking to him and he was we just we we're kind of mentioning how the Egyptian stuff is tough because all these alternate theories it's really hard for if an alternate theory comes out that might hold water to have proper science look at it and he was saying how Baval actually wrote you know a proper paper peer review etc so you know the science community got to see it, but it's really tough to wade through all the other, you know, theories and heavy quotes to try to see it. So it's just this frustration mm-hmm. for me. It's, oh, great. Now you're taking up that. And now there's a flat earth thing. Oh, God damn it. No, I want to learn about the actual things. And you're piling yeah, new bullshit exactly. on top. <laughs> and that's where we run into a lot of problems on our show. Like, for example, we, we really want to do a show about the history of the actual Bavarian Illuminati, what the Illuminati actually was, not oh, the yeah. whole hip hop Tupac Shakur, you know, Eminem, assassination, yeah. hip hop community. Yeah, Adam Weishaupt. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, all of that stuff. We yeah. wanted to, and we just wanted to do it that way. If people wanted to brought up the topic of the Illuminati, they could say, yeah, actually, I do know a little bit about the Illuminati, you know, where it all started. We, I gave up because we could not find anybody that was willing to come on the air <laughs> and talk about it because they yeah. didn't want to catch the backlash from it because there are so many, it's, it's such a bizarre, you know, mesme of, of everything everywhere that everybody that we talked to was like, if I come on the air and talk about this, you're going to get blasted by emails and I'm going to get blasted by emails because 
at this point, there, even the correct story is not the correct story anymore. The correct yeah. story that I'm going to tell is the one that's been tossed out there and corrupted by the Illuminati to make people think this, you know? And I, I've given up on trying to have somebody on the show to talk about the subject because nobody is willing to come on the air and do it. So it's like, all right, that's one of those things that we're going to move on with. Um, you can probably but, find, uh, I mean, if you look more in the historian circles, you can, because that's actually in the, my book, I, I know I sent you a copy, uh, or the PDF, blah, blah. His last name is Weishaupt in the, in the mm-hmm. book based on Adam Weishaupt, the guy who founded the Illumina, uh, Bavarian Illuminati. And I yeah. just named him that to fuck with people. But there are proper, like, history people, you know, like teach at universities that would talk about it. But unfortunately, but getting them to come on the show has been very, that's one oh, really? of the other oh, problems. Okay. One of the problems that we run in with guests, we have a very hard time getting guests on the show. And part of it is because they'll go, oh, all right, well, let's check these guys out. And they'll go download one of our stupid episodes as mm. opposed to one of the episodes where we're trying to be somewhat scholarly and actually teach people something. And because we have a wide range of topics and how we do everything, sometimes the people will go and hear this. And they'll be like, you know what? I don't think I want to be associated with these guys or what have you, which kind of sucks because there's a lot of people out there that we really have a lot of respect for. That if they come on the show, when we have guests, like we've never had, we never, ever, ever have guests on the show to laugh at them. We've never, like there's a guy that has uh, a webpage called The Beatles Never Broke Up. And he tells this story about how he was walking through the country. Oh, the alternate universe guy. I love him. Yeah. Yeah, Well, (laughs) I've thought about having him on the show, but the problem is I think the guy's full of shit. Yeah. And I don't want to have him on the show because ultimately we would end up laughing at the guy. And I don't want to have a guest on the show just to laugh at them. I would rather have somebody on the show if they want to, if, if there's somebody who's covering that guy and that person wants to laugh at them or something or they cover, they say they've written a book about weird stuff and that's one of the topics, I will have that person on the show. But I'm not going to have, or I'm also not going to have, you know, the, the gray aliens are here with the reptilians running the media trying to control us. I'm not going to have those people on the show. Just because I can't deal with them. And if mm. they're on, like my co-host will just rip them to shreds. And, and on top of that, you can only do that so many times and then you get a reputation where you're not, you're not going to be able to get these people on your show because they're, they're, you know, they're, then they're going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at them. And that's not, that's just not our thing. Um, there was a guy. No, I'm not going to mention his name, <laughs> but there was one guy that we really wanted to get on the show and he wrote this really cool book and it covered all these cool topics like the Zarabamba. Uh, which is the giant nuclear bomb that the Russians built where the shockwave went around the world, I think like three times when it went off and, you know, where they could measure the shockwave, I should say. I mean, people like in New York weren't feeling it, but, um, and then they covered, he wrote his thing there about the radium girls and, um, alien hand syndrome, you know, all these real topics that are very strange and unusual. And the guy wouldn't come on our show because he went to our website and says, oh, I see you've covered the topic of the Michigan Dogman and werewolves, and I see you've covered UFOs. Well, I am a man of science, and I can't come on your show because if I come on your show, then I'm going to be supporting the stuff you talk about. And I'm like, have you listened to our show? You know, we don't – we don't. that's not how we talk about these to- – and the guy refused to do it. He was just mm. a total ass about it. And it bummed me out because I really like what the guy had to say. I really liked his books. I really liked the approach he took. But – it's just the way that these things go, you know, it's kind of, well, if you're going to have this kind of show, you know, you, 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 sometimes you have to pay the price for that. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. I, I can under, I actually worry about that sometimes when I, when I used to try to get more guests on that and it's like, Oh God, if they research, like if they grab the right episode, they're going to be like, Oh, I would love exactly. to talk to this guy. If they grab the wrong episode, it's, I should probably call the cops on this guy. 
Yeah, like uh, earlier, me and you were talking on Twitter, and one of your listeners was like, well, who is this guy? And I'm trying to explain the show, and I'm like, man, if this guy goes and listens to our episode that we just downloaded, it's a silly episode, and he might think that all of our shows are this way. And I I always get nervous that somebody is going to go and listen to the wrong episode and assume that all of our shows are that way. Or if you're, you know, somebody wants to find something serious to listen to, and they find one of our stupid shows, or if they want to listen to something funny... And they download the show like me and you did about Dr. Don, Dr. John D. They're going to be like, wow, this show isn't really that funny. It's kind of not really what I, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things. I think we went way off topic here in some way. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. War on science. That's what we were talking oh, about. Oh, well, actually, you know, I, I, because I'm a man of tangents, the one thing I had written down that I wanted to talk to you about yep. is it was vaguely mentioned there. The Beatles guy with the alternate universe. Yes. So I want to tell you a very quick story. Okay. When I was younger, mid-teens, somewhere around there. I woke did up you from, meet the Beatles? No, I did not. This has nothing to do with the Beatles. It has something to do with alternate universes, though. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I woke up from a nap in my room. And uh, to be fair, I'm very much making up some of this story because I don't remember all the details. That'll make sense in a second. I look to my yeah. left and I see... Trust me, it'll make sense. I see a mug. It's not actually a mug because I don't remember what it was. But it was a red mug that was blue when I went to sleep. And I went, mm-hmm. no, what the... Wait, wait, wait. No, that was that red mug. I know this red mug. It's, that's, what the fuck? Why is there a blue mug there? Didn't really, in the Matrix. Yeah. But didn't really think about it because it was, whatever. It's just, oh, I probably just, you know, whatever. Just wipe it off my head. You know, it's fine. Didn't really think about it too much. But two weeks later, uh, one of the routes I was taking to school that I've driven a thousand times, there was a stop sign on that street that was much older than it was a month ago. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, it was old school stop sign when it used to be the new shiny fancy one. You know, like with the weird holographic kind of S's and that shit. And like, oh, that's odd. Just kind of noted it. My friends act a little different. Not that much still. This is over the course of years. Little tiny notes. I started to get depressed and strange and anxious. I was like, what the fuck? I've never been like this. And one day I was sitting at a bar and I was looking at the tap on the bar. And one of the beers I had had previously didn't have an umlaut in it. And there was an umlaut on that. And I went, what the fuck? And it all kind of coalesced. I'm like, oh, this is like that time I woke up from the nap and that thing was, that I was very sure was a different color, was a different color, and like the stop sign. It just kind of came together. I'm like, oh, I'm in another universe than the one I was born in. And very much just joking around. This is like, just, it's a silly thing, you know, whatever. I've, I've done a lot of occult practice and I've done drugs. It's very, you know, brain fires differently. I'm certainly would never made the claim. But all that is background. Passing around on the internet the last couple of days, have you seen the Berenstein Bears thing? I saw it, but I don't entirely know what it is. I just assumed it was one of those things where people made a conspiracy out of it and picked out little things out of it to make it into, like, you know, like like the whole, um, well, go ahead. I'll let you finish. But yeah, so, I've seen it, but I don't know what it is. Okay. Well, I mean, basically, do you remember the Berenstein Bears when you were a kid? Yes. Do you remember that term, Berenstein Bears? Yes, it's actually Berenstain isn't actually it's Berens it's not pronounced Berenstein, but that's the way everybody pr- pronounces it. Yeah, but this is this is the whole thing is that all of us remember, myself included, or not you because you knew what I was talking about there. I yeah. remember seeing the title as Berenstein with an E. Uh-huh. Berenstein, I've I, that I've never seen that until this week when this started getting passed around, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's weird. Like I read those books when I was a kid. Like, that's, it was Berenstein when I was a kid, but whatever. It's just weird that all of us all have that memory. But then another one occurred to me today. What's the name? Okay. You know, Anne Rice's? Yeah. 
What's the name of her most famous book? The Vampire List. Well, Interview with the Vampire was where it started. So, and then, uh, then what, the, what the, is the title? Interview with the Vampire. With in, interview with what? Interview with a vampire. With a vampire. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's what I thought it was too. It's interview with a vampire. That's okay. that's the name. Yeah. It's not. It's interview with the vampire. Oh, big deal. No, yeah, okay. but it is to me. I have a really <laughs> fucking good memory. I no, but I I would if you had asked me last week. Hey Alex, put I bet you a hundred bucks the name of this book is Interview with a Vampire. I would say, yeah, yeah, of course it's that's the title of it. I've seen yeah. that movie a bunch of times. I had fucking dental acrylic fangs when I was in high school. I I've, I've read the books. I know the name of that fucking book. And it's yeah. not. It's different. But there's a whole bunch of people that remember it my way too, in the same way as the Berenstein Bears. Which is why I go back to the weird mug thing. Is this is well, proof that I'm in like another to show universe? Show me on the doll where the interview with the vampire title actually touched you. Or? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I did dress in goth clothes, and you know, it's yeah. There, I, know. There was, I was there, a skinny puppy too. I yeah, know I was yeah, there. There was <laughs> there there were there were some things that happened involved touching. Yes. But this is this is the alternate universe thing that I just it's being passed around today, and I'm fascinated by it because motherfucker, I remember that like I can see it in my head, but now there's nothing I can do because it's been rewritten. The world's different now. Um, well, there is a syndrome where people have situations where they have false memories that they know there are false. Um, I believe Mysterious Universe covered it way, way back. They were talking about a guy who remembers going to some place and having a a glass bottle of Coke. I'm probably oh yeah, yeah. Story. No, I totally remember the story. Yeah, it is a glass bottle of Coke. He was in high school at yeah. like his pep rally or something, and he remembers drinking the glass bottle of Coke, and they didn't the exist. Was, at that he point. was yeah, it, it, or he wasn't actually at the pep rally or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He remembers it. Yeah, I've had many situations like that myself. Um, I just is chalk it off as a Philip K. Philip K. Dickian kind of thing. No, but this on. is thousands of people on the internet are all gathered together with the same memory that's wrong. Yeah. So it's one thing if one guy remembers the Coke thing. It'd be one thing if I misremembered titles. Mm-hmm. But there's thousands of people talking about it. That's fucking weird. Um, I don't know. I go back to possibly collective, un- you know, collective unconsciousness probably. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we are just brains in a jar, you know, being manipulated like the Matrix in this world possibly is a holographic universe. Yeah. So, you know, then again, I like like one of the things on our show is we frequently like to tell people that we work for the Illuminati and the Illuminati doesn't pay for shit. So oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've also, I've claimed I work for the NSA on a number of occasions. Uh, so yeah. apparently, I, well, I, not apparently, I found out what the name of this is called. It's called the Mandela Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started that the first, well, from the very little, uh, basically I just clicked on a Wikipedia link, but they source it as the first people that do you know this is there's a shitload of people in the same way there are thousands of people with this Berenstein thing. There's yeah. a shitload of people that remember when Nelson Mandela died in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like they remember it. They remember the news story. They remember talking to people about it. They have a firm memory of it, except for Nelson Mandela didn't die in the seventies. He died like five I have years a ago. Or whatever. example of what you're talking yeah. about myself personally, but I haven't freaked out or put too much thought into it. This last season of Game of Thrones, um, first off, full disclosure, I don't mind the television show, but I cannot stand the books. I know I just probably lost half your listeners right there. Yeah, that's um, all right. <laughs> I think, I, I think Martin is a terrible writer. He's, he's the drunk guy at the party that tells the story that never actually finishes the story. But anyways, uh, this last season, I don't know if you watched the show yeah, or yeah. not, but one of the main characters at the end of it, Jon Snow, was stabbed by everybody in the circle. Um, I swear that 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 happened last season. And then I remember watching it in my office while I was editing a show. 
And when it happened this season, I kept going, wait a minute, that already happened. I, I already remember watching this. Why am I seeing this at the end of this season? I know Jon Snow got surrounded by everybody, and they all stabbed him, and he's laying on the ground bleeding out, because I remember seeing this last season. But I I swear that I saw it. But now that I think about it, it didn't happen last season. It couldn't have happened last season, but I remember it very – I remember watching it thinking, I've already saw this. Now, that could be a deja vu kind of thing where my brain was simply storing it and, you know, reverting back to long-term memory instead of short-term or something along those lines. But I swear, I was like, this already happened last season. Why, you know, did they, did they show this last season? Like as a, as a, you know, as a, of what's coming, but they don't do that. They don't, they film their season. That's it. And then they start filming the next season. They don't say coming on the next season of, of, you know, Game of Thrones. And they also wouldn't have showed what happened at the end of the season. Yeah. At the end of the previous season. Yeah, no, there's no way you saw that before that episode aired. I mean, it's yeah, just not. Yeah. But I swear that I did. I remember yeah. it perfectly clear. I remember, I remember like when I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is where, the, yeah, the kid walks up and stabs him and says, you know, for the, for the watch. And, yeah. Yeah. I've already seen this. Why, why are they showing, why are they showing this again? I was completely befuddled and confused by it, but I was like, huh. All right. I guess, uh, sure. Whatever. No, no, see, <laughs> I could write that off if that happened to me. I can totally fine with that. That's happened to me before. You know, just deja vu kind of thing. Yeah. Now, if 10,000 other people for the same thing say say the same thing, that's when I go, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why did all of our brains break in the same way is the thing that makes me, like, I obviously don't think we're in an alternate universe, but, like, it makes me, it raises my eyes a little bit of, this is, you know, it's one thing for my brain to break, but everybody else to remember the exact same wrong thing is, that's very weird to me. It is. But... Here's the thing to keep in mind. This is this is what's going to keep you from losing your marbles over this. You still have to get up tomorrow and go to work because you're still going to have bills. Whether or not this happened and everybody experienced it, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, that actually – I'm fine with it. Like even if, even if this keeps happening, like it's weird and, and I'll think about it, but whatever. Like it's not that weird. Like I'm yeah. a strange person. I've meditated to the point that I thought Egyptian goddesses were talking to me. I'm good. Oh, who hasn't? Come on. Yeah, I'm good. I can <laughs> I can handle some fucking weird uh, books I read being titled differently than I remember them. I'm I'm okay with it. It's just really strange that it's all happening at you know uh, on the internet. This is the first time I've ever seen like a collective group of people doing it. Going, this is really weird. Like we're all misremembering this. Like to the point that people are getting angry and thinking like it's a big hoax. Like no, it's fucking Berenstein. I I remember the E. <laughs> See, I don't remember. I, I've always saw the E. It's just one of those. It, it's like, you know, Charday. This is how the name is pronounced. No, it's pronounced Sade. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just I just chalk it off as one of those scenes where I look at it and I go, no, that's that's Berenstein, but it's pronounced Berenstain. Okay, whatever. No, sure. but there's no, but it's spelled with an A. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could have just been one of those. Yeah. Again, that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. It yeah. could have just been one of those things where people are like, all right, well, they're going to say it that way. Let's spell it that way because we're book publishers and we got to do what we got to do. You know, it's. So that I saw that I, I I didn't I didn't know what that what it was yeah. I thought it was something much deeper than that I thought it was because I didn't read it I thought have you ever heard um what I thought it was is have you ever heard that thing about um uh Gilligan's Island being an analogy for the seven deadly sins Oh yeah I that's yeah. I did the same thing that you did with that one though I just saw the title and went oh I get it so it's probably sloth is the fat guy and the rich yeah. guy is yeah yeah. Yeah, and I guess a lot. I guess even I guess it even translates to SpongeBob SquarePants. That's another one where it, it translates into it fits into that whole thing too. 
<laughs> you, you know, know like Mr. Krabs' greed and <laughs> I do have a theory about SpongeBob SquarePants, and I'm absolutely positive someone's come up with this before because I only know like seven things about that show. And of those seven things, I have a theory. And this actually might be the plot of the show, so it's probably not my theory. But they live in Bikini Bottom. Mm-hmm. That's the Bikini Atoll where they tested all the nuclear weapons. Yes. And they're mutated from the atomic radiation. Okay. That's it. That's the whole theory, because I don't really know anything else about the show. I just heard a bikini well, atoll, and there's these weird monster things talking to each other underwater. So that's what that's it is. That's no stranger than saying, what if the island from Lost is actually Fantasy Island and uh, Gilligan's <laughs> Island and all of these different islands all wrapped up, and it just keeps teleporting through time? Oh, yeah. Or um, I, I saw one. Uh, one of my favorites is that Rugrats is actually a story of a child that's gone insane because all of his friends are dead. Yeah. Yeah, which is... <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. And there was another one about a foster's home for imaginary children. Is actually a story of an autistic girl that's creating this world inside of her head, uh. which was a really strange... When it, it works out really well when you connect all the dots the way they explained it. I'm like, wow, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. The, the one that... Um, not that I buy... Well, we have bounced all over in topics. We went from the war on science to this. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's the... Yeah, I mean, this is what I like to do on the show. Um the one that I like about this weird uh, uh, fake theories that sort of work is that Calvin and Hobbes grow up to be the guys from Fight Club. That Calvin, oh, wow. yeah, Calvin is, uh, you know, whatever the nameless lead character, and then yeah. Hobbes transmutes into Tyler Durden, you know, the cool other side. That's you know, so Hobbes I, I, likes to ride his wagon like you like to ride the wagon, or you know, <laughs> I, I fuck like you want to fuck. You know, I don't, I don't see that happening, but I do see very strong parables. I can yeah. see that. And then I Susie Durkins is the, um, is the Marla, whatever her name is. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can totally see the comparison. I don't, yeah. I don't see, you know, Hobbes turning into Tyler Durden, but <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but no, I can see the parable to it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I can see that. That's a really cool one. I never thought about that before. I like that one. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm just a big fan of like weird alternate versions. Like, uh, Ferris Bueller all takes place in Cameron's head. Yeah. So Cameron's in bed, he's sick, so he invents his cool alter ego to save him, and that's why they can do all this wacky shit in one day. Like, that's why he's got the hot girl to help him, they're riding Ferraris and dancing in a parade. All that stuff is just his fever imagination, and these are just inventions of his mind. That's a movie that I, at some point or another, wanted a sequel to. I still want a sequel to it. I'd still like to see... Ferris Bueller growing up with kids, calling off a day off of work or whatever to get out of work. And, you know, I, I, to this day, I still think that they could pull off a sequel to it for our generation. Call me dumb. Oh, no. It, the, uh, they did a, uh, a TV commercial, commercial. for yeah. a car and yeah, the internet went nuts. And yeah, I think people yeah. would watch it. Um, yeah, I would see it. I would see if it was done right, you know, cause obviously he's not in high school anymore. I'm sure, you know, he's got kids, you know, everybody's got kids and grown up now, but they could totally redo it. You know, corporate office, Ferris Bueller day off gets tired of working and tries to get off of a day of a day of work. And you know, this is what they go through, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't really see any of those actors all that often. So I'm sure they're available. Yeah. I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure they would be fine for it. It's just a matter of if it would be written right. So, you know, yeah, but yeah, I'd be completely fine with that. That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch it, but whatever. I don't think it you know. <laughs> couldn't be any worse than the new National Lampoon Vacation movie. Yeah, which that one I'm not going to watch because I no. think I liked that first movie and the Christmas no. one was okay. And then everything else is, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't what know. I find amazing is they're, re- they're doing another Goonies and everybody is coming back. Oh, yeah, I heard that. I don't, I don't know that. how they're going to tell that story, but okay, sure. 
I guess, you know, that's not one of the movies that I, I'm craving to see again, you know? No, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, th- that, that story arc's been cut, like, it's, that's, the end of that film was a definitive end. It was not calling out for, you know, what happened to Sloth or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, why, and yet we can't get another Firefly. Yeah. I'm one of those people, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, um, that show on sci-fi is actually reminiscent of uh, Firefly I've been enjoying. Um, Killjoys? I haven't watched it yet, to be honest. It's not, it's not nearly as good as Firefly, but it kind of, it, it itches the same spot. You know, it's a space bounty hunters running around doing stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's well amusing. A show that I got really into, surprisingly, on Netflix is called Sense8. Have you watched that show yet? Yeah, I watched the first few. I, I didn't, didn't like it. It hit me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's very different. Well, there's, there's definitely a lot of gay in it, which, I'm heterosexual, but I, I don't really care about the gay thing. And if it bothers me, I just fast forward a little bit and go right to it. But I thought the overall story, the way the characters interacted, and I liked the fact that they were all over the world and they were interact, how they interacted and how they told that story was good. I, I understood why all of the gay and transgender aspects and stuff were there because of, uh, the Wachowski that had, uh, the one that's transgender. Um, so I was like, all right, whatever. As long as the story is fine, I think. I think that's what the Wachowskis problem is. They try to tell like, that's why a lot of their movies, the Wachowskis, you either like their movies and get what they're trying to do or you don't. And when you don't, you very much repel against them. Like uh, cloud Atlas suffered from this where they try to tell too grandiose of a story too quickly where I think sense eight works because it's a very big drawn out story. It's got a lot of arches and it's all over the place and they have the time to tell the story, which is why I think it works on that show. And if you don't like it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you see movies like Cloud Atlas and that uh, Jupiter Ascending and stuff, they try to cram all this stuff into these movies and it just doesn't work because I think there's good stories there, but they just don't have the time to properly tell the stories that they want to tell. Yeah. Does that make sense maybe? I hope it does. Oh, no, totally. Uh, Cloud Atlas, uh, I have not seen the movie, but I read the book and I can't imagine that could possibly fit into one movie. I mean, it's just – the book is way too sprawling. It's just – it's, it, yeah. it, it's an art film. Um, like I didn't see the movie and fortunately there's another podcast I listened to that explained it. They said, if you see the movie, this is how you need to look at it. And when I looked at it from the aspect that they explained it of, I'm like, all right, I, I can now watch this film. If somebody had not explained how I should have watched the film, I would not have enjoyed it, which is kind of bad. You shouldn't have to have, this is how you must watch this movie to be able to enjoy this movie. You should never have a movie like that. You know? Yeah. It reminds me of like. I remember when the first Dune movie came out, when you walked in to see Dune, they gave you a pamphlet explaining oh, – Yeah, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but when the first Dune movie came out, they gave you a pamphlet that explained all of the terms and the things in the movie. Like Kwisatz Haderach explained what that was, you know, which is – it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, yeah. I shouldn't have to have a pamphlet to go see this movie, you know? Yeah, well, that was very much – that was a studio thing. Uh, David Lynch actually pulled his name from that film. Because the yeah. studio stepped in and fucked with, you know, weird. You brought that up uh, just for the audience at home because I am a Dune fan of the uh, yeah, with so the books, I. not so much the and the movies. All right, but um, there's a they just put out a three hour epic fan cut that I found. Um, that I the guy went watch that. <laughs> oh, I I haven't I haven't started it yet, but it's uh, derived from oh, all of the it's... um like every different version of the film that's ever been put out and all the scenes that are on the DVD and the mm-hmm. whatever version, whatever version, and the dude cut it all together and it's supposed to be really good. I just it's very very redundant. There's a lot like they 
there, there's a scene with the emperor when he's talking. God, we're gonna we're totally gonna geek out and probably lose people here. Um, there's a scene where the emperor is talking to. I couldn't stand it, so I'm gonna ruin it for you. Oh no, please, no, no. It's, I, I haven't gotten around to it. It's not like it's I, something now there special. is a good one that was re-edited by somebody else, and I and uh, Joe from Ozone, the Ozone Nightmare podcast, told me about it. I'm trying to find it. That one is supposed to be really, really good, and it's to, it's a three hour one. It's told in three separate segments, but it's becoming hard to find. The one that you're talking about. It goes into detail explaining what the jihad war with the machines was and it actually goes into a little bit detail explaining that the Dune universe is our universe in the far distant future. It's not some other different world or whatever. But there's a lot of scenes in it that are, are – the way it's edited, it's edited very poorly to where it's very redundant. Like they'll have a scene explaining something and then they'll – do the same scene again in a different way, explaining the same thing that was just explained to you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of that in there. Um, now oh, the description sounded so good, though. Fuck, <laughs> I was, I was not, excited. It's, it's yeah. very, yeah. it's very disjointed and very bizarre and very weird. There's, there's scenes in there where the guy's talking and it's just got like a drawn picture on the screen while the guy's talking about the jihad machine war. And oh, really? Oh. Uh, there's a scene where the emperor is talking to the third stage flying vagina guild navigator creature, and that is edited very, very weird. Like the audio kind of bounces all over the place because of the way it's edited and the conversation. He'll say something like, why do you want the emperor's son killed? And then later on, they'll have the scene where he thinks, why does he want the emperor's son killed? It's like, you didn't need to include one of those two scenes in there. Didn't need to be included because he just said that. Yeah. So he says that and then he thinks it. It's like, why did you put that in there? It's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's actually like, it's over, it's overproduced and it really ruins the story. Um, the sci-fi version that the sci-fi channel did, I actually enjoyed that version. A oh, lot I, of I did too. Yeah. Like the, the second one was good as well. Uh, the yeah. second miniseries. A lot of did, people yeah. didn't like it. And I was like, well, like, you didn't need to make that movie. I'm like, well, yeah, you did because those core three books are the Dune story. Everything that goes after that or before that is kind of like meh. It's just extra fluff for the cake. But the core three Dune stories are those three books. And I thought the sci-fi, sh- the th- sci-fi movies did a really good job of, of telling the, plus those those movies flowed much smoother than the uh the the movie version of dune i thought yeah the david lynch one was it's super flawed i mean it's fun in its own way but it's not i really like the book so it's yeah quite a i just went down. back within the last year and realized uh, why well, listen to audiobooks at my yeah. old job and I, I i went back and listened to all three of them scott brick came out and they re-released them with a new narrator which was scott brick and scott brick's done all kinds of different narrations for different books and I thought they did a really good, really good job of re-releasing it. It was good to go back and hear them. Dune's one of those books that I go back and revisit. You know, every so many years, I'll go back and re-listen to them. And every time I do, I pick up, especially Dune. Every time I go back, I'll pick up something different or a different aspect of that book that I didn't pick up before when I listened to it or when I read it or something along those lines. Yeah, I've reread yeah. them a few times at this point. I like, uh, I forget how many, what, what's, God Emperor's the last one of the yeah. kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, that, up to yeah. God Emperor, I like the the other two he wrote. I'm not huge in, uh, I'm not huge into. Yeah, there's the, the, like I tried to listen to the jihad stories about the machine war, and well, that's his they kid. were just yeah. bizarre. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> like, that's what's his name, Brian Herbert. Yeah, Frank Herbert yeah. only wrote two more after that: the Chapter House and the other one, which Chapter House was weird too. Yeah, and then that other one, which I can't remember the name of, which is they're. The, I mean, they're fine. I just, I, I refuse to read his kids one because, you know, fuck you, write your own stories. Yeah. Well, I, I understand why. I mean, they were there. If, if anybody is going to write them, I would, I would prefer it be his kid because that's the next closest person to the story. Like, I didn't like what they did with Douglas Adams when they, they just, 
somebody else did the rest of the Douglas Adams story based off of his notes and stuff. I was like, well, if it had been somebody close to him, maybe it was, I don't know, was it Douglas Adams' kid that that, re- that released the rest of the uh, Hitchhiker stories? I don't know, maybe I'm talking about You know, I didn't read it. Yeah, it's, um, I can't think of the name of it. I didn't read it. The, the Salmon of Doubt or something like that. Um, so, yeah, something like that. It was, I, I didn't read it. Yeah, I know it was stuff, unreleased material from his computer. Uh, I didn't, yeah, because apparently he said he didn't want it released, and somebody in the well, family don't release just, it. Yeah. That's that easy. If they didn't want it released, if you wanted it released and said, you know, I want this release or something, but I'm just not going to be able to finish it. All right, I'll give that a little bit of a grain of salt because it was his last. You know, that was one of his last wishes. If the guy doesn't want it released, then don't release it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the story I heard. But I mean, frankly, I just as as a writer myself, like I wouldn't want. After, you know, if I die and they find some unfinished novels on my computer, which they would if I die tomorrow, I don't particularly want them read like that. that that's not the story I was trying to tell. You know, I, exactly. I want a finished product or at least something in close to a final draft, you know, like that all the words are written. I just have to make them sound a little bit better. Maybe I could do that, but not some three-fourths finished story. That's that's kind of insulting. Are you uh, familiar with Neil Gaiman at all? Do you? Oh, yeah, any, you know, yeah. yeah. I've, I've just recently gotten within the last year. I've really gotten into his stories. I read um, American Gods earlier this year, um, and then uh, I've kind of been petering through Neverwhere. Um, so he's 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 different. He's unusual. I can't. I tried reading the Sandman comic books. I couldn't quite get into them. I'm going to go back and try giving him another shot. Um, I really like the Sandman books. That's actually what got me into yeah, Neil Gaiman. The, the problem with that is I have the games. Game of Thrones ruined a lot of this for me. Everybody was like, you got to read the Game of Thrones books. You got to read them. So I read the first one. Didn't like it. Well, just keep reading them. It gets better. For whatever reason, for one reason or another, I read all of the Game of Thrones books. And I was like, what the fuck did I just read? What are people seeing in this? I, I just don't get it. And I was really, really pissed that I just didn't stop reading them and be like, you know what? I don't like this. That's why I like the TV show because the TV show tends to edit it out and boil it down to its – more crucial story. Oh, yeah, TV Whereas, does, does a lot better job with, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Martin takes a long, like, a long time, and he keeps getting worse as the books go on. Like, those first yeah. three, I quite like. I think there's five out, right? Either way, the uh, last. I, you know, I the, don't know. I, I've tried, I, I've tried to put it away. Yeah, the last, <laughs> the last two I didn't like, which I know are the last two released as of time of recording. It's not mm-hmm. that I dislike them, but it's just like, dude, you are taking like this Tolkien thing to a whole new level. Like, you have to fucking cut down some storylines. Like, this is exactly. absurd. Yeah, you know, it's just that dude needs an editor. But yeah, no, I I like the show a lot better than the books at this point. But I I actually like the first three ish of of the novels. The first one was okay, but it just seems like as his story. Like, you know what? I I'll agree with you. I'll say the first two weren't that bad. Around number three, I started seeing I started seeing characters and storylines that just weren't going anywhere. You oh know? yeah, and they're it, not it necessary. Frustrating yeah. because it's like I want to pay attention to the story. So who do I focus in on to maintain the story? It's too hard to keep track of all of this stuff in my head while I'm reading a book. Yeah. Maybe it's I'm like, not that intellectual. Maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. No, he just does a point. shit job of it. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, a, it's like I said, he's Martin. the drunk guy at the, at the party yeah. telling the story where you're like, okay, is this, is this got a point to it? Or, yeah. you know? I, I, and then he also, he goes into these huge descriptions about food. I mean, the guy definitely has a food fetish of some yeah. kind. It's like... Just say, okay, they had a banquet, they have this, this, and this, and it's done. You know, like, yeah. like the battles in the Tolkien books were like a page long. The battles in the movies were four movies long. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, I like in, uh, George R. R. Martin, it's, it's like if, if, uh, Tolkien, instead of using one page to write one of those dumb songs, which is a shitload of songs in those books, each yeah. song was 300 pages because it's just this aside that means nothing. 
they're singing a song, but with Martin, it's like, oh, here, have a 300 page aside. This is great. And it's just, I can't skip through it because, well, you can skip through the song in Tolkien because, hey, when the italics ends, I'll start reading again <laughs> with Martin. It's the, just, you know. Yeah. And then you do pay attention to a character. So, all right. I'll pay attention to this character. And then the character dies. And you're like, yeah. well, what the fuck did I just spend all this time <laughs> reading that for? Yeah. You he know, need, he needs, he needs a better editor if he starts another series, but you know, whatever. <sighs> I, I don't. I, well, at the point he's taking to finish the Game of Thrones books off, it's, yeah. I don't think he's, it's not a matter of if he's ever, but even his short story stuff, there's a, there's a story called The Pear Shaped Man, a short story that he wrote, and it's the same way. There's like, he goes into this big, massive description of a damn sandwich the guy's eating. Yeah. It's a bizarre story, but he's always had this weird problem of descripting stuff, and I, he fast, he, he seems to, I don't know, he's got a food fetish for sure. Yeah. But I just, can't get into the guy. I like another guy that I really like. Um, I like Jim Butcher a lot. He's kind of my guilty pleasure. I really, I, I like the Dresden Files. They're kind of pulpy. I like, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of Jim. I, I can't stand Jim Butcher's fantasy stuff, but I like, I like, uh, I like the Dresden Files a whole lot. Yeah, I've only read the it's Dresden a, books. Yeah, yeah. It, it, as soon as one comes out, I gobble them up. Yeah. Now I've had a really hard time going back and trying to revisit. I, I talked about this on another podcast that I was on where. As the years have gone on, I've tried to go back and revisit old books to see if they still hold up to me. And I still, you know, I, like Dune, I, Dune I know holds up to me. Every I can go back and reread Dune every couple of years and still enjoy those three Dune books. It takes me to another world. They're written very well. The characters are written well. The storylines are written well. Even a bad Dune storyline where it gets is, is still cool. It's still all right. Uh, Dresden Files, I like the storylines. He's done a great job of keeping the story moving along, characters flowing and stuff. Um, so what I do is I'll go back and read these books, and I've discovered over the years, like Anne Rice, I tried to go back and reread some of her books. I can't read the vampire books anymore. Maybe the first two. Um, yeah, I don't think I could reread those either. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Actually, the, uh, the, the Jim Butcher Hour, books, I don't think okay. I could. Jim What's Butcher, that? I don't think I could revisit. I, I, I really like them, but I, uh, the, the, um, uh, uh, Dresden file books. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I really like them, but I just feel like I like them just because, like, the plot and the, te- the story he's telling me. And now that I know the story, I just don't really feel like, like, I just don't want to revisit it because I'm like, ah, I know what happens next. You know, it's more and of that kind of thing. Yeah. Because you know that now. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, but I'm talking about, like, I tried to go back and reread the old William Gibson books. Can't do it. Um, Burning Chrome was okay. I, I went back and re, redid Burning Chrome a while ago. I tried to do Mona Lisa Overdrive. Uh, couldn't do it. I, I think what it is, is Gibson was so, somebody who was so planted in that time. That was cyberpunk. That was what, cy- when he wrote those books, that was the beginning of cyberpunk and that was what it was. So the terminology and the things that he uses in there, we don't use that, that the terminology was supposed to be what, the, what we thought the future was going to be. Well, since those books have been written, we're not using that terminology anymore. We're not using the things that he thought. The technology has changed the way that people go onto the internet. The, the, you know, Facebook exists now and all of these, you know, you've got, you've, you've got the cloud and all of this different stuff exists now. And a lot of that wasn't, you know, it, it, the, I'm trying to put it into words that make any sense. It's not. It's just not the same anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I, I, I totally follow you. Like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> it's kind of like eh, I can't get into this. Now I haven't read any of his more recent stuff, 
I've tried to, and I can't get into it. And I think the reason why is because William Gibson for me is that old cyberpunk stuff, and he's not quite doing that anymore. Yeah. It's a little bit different. I mean, I respect his work. I, I won't criticize him because he wrote really good stuff in his time, and that influenced a lot of people. Uh, somebody that does still hold up for me is Philip K. Dick. I can go back and reread a lot of the old Philip K. Dick stories, and even though the references are old, um, it works with him still. You know, it's, it's, you know, he was also kind of, in many ways, he was also sort of cyberpunk and futuristic and stuff like that. Like Blade Runner, I just went back and rewatched Blade Runner again a couple of weeks ago. Even after all these years, that movie still holds up as one of my favorites. And that's another movie where I can watch it every few years and go back and go, wow, I never quite noticed that before in this movie. Or I never, you know, that's a little bit different. Or there's a little bit more to this story that I, there's an aspect of the story that I didn't notice last time that's still here. So there's, there's still a lot of, um, there's still a lot of Philip K. Dick stories I can go back and listen to. Even the old pulp fiction, well, a lot of more pulp fiction. But even the old, really, really cheesy ones, the really old sci-fi ones, are still cool to listen to because they've got that cheesiness to them. You know? Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I downloaded a whole. There's, there's a bunch of free ones on uh, archive.org or something like that. One of, one there's of the tons of them. Out there. Yeah. So I, I downloaded a shitload of them and I'm reading all the short stories. And some were really fun. Like they're just these silly old. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. But he's he's a he's a really kind of um, he's almost like the opposite of Phil K. Dick, where he's got good ideas but he does them quickly. So even if he misses, it's just short and you can just plow through. Who are you yeah. talking about? Uh, 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 Phil K. Dick. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah, he's, I, I didn't really realize till within the last year and a half just how much stuff he did write. Cause I know he only got paid so much per word or something like that. And that's how he made his living. So he would get really high on methamphetamines and speed and just crank these stories out as fast yeah. as he could. You know, he's always constantly writing. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Like, like the minority report is still a good story. Um, uh, we'll remember it for you wholesale, which is where, you know, all these things came from. Uh, not, I mean, uh, we remember for you wholesale is where, um, total recall, yeah. total recall. That's what it was. I was gonna say, they just remade it as a shitty version too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where, you know, that's, I, I wonder how, I wonder how, because he wrote so much, how some of those stories came out of there, but he's also wrote those other ones where, um, what was the one where Keanu Reeves did where it was all like a weird cartoon? Um, oh yeah. Um, I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. But he's always in the background in the, in his best stories, he's always got that weird paranoia in the background. And with the one with where, where Johnny Depp was in there at the end of it, you're wondering if he was actually just on this crazy drug hallucination the whole time. You know, yeah. um, there's always that weird paranoia about is the world really what we think it is. And there was another one that he wrote where this guy was supposedly, um, he was supposedly on the moon and he was entering this, he was entering this contest and he was trying to, uh, he kept winning this contest. And what it was is he was plotting where the missile attacks were going to happen. And then he realized that he thought he was going crazy, but actually what it is is he was going sane. He was beginning to realize that he was planted in this fake environment to appear fake to keep his mind on what he was doing. And as time goes on, he's starting to realize this environment isn't real. You know, the one that I'm in isn't real and the one that I'm experiencing is the real environment. And I thought that was a really cool story. Yeah, that's very Which, Phil K. Dick. Like the, yeah. oh, you know, the, the weirdness isn't the weirdness. The actual reality is even weirder. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I loved about Philip K. Dick. I, he's one of those people that I wonder if, if he'd lived, if he, you know, what would have happened to his stories and where he would have went with them and how, how things would have turned out. So, you know, he's, yeah. oh, there's a lot of these old, like, I love going back and revisiting these old people that I used to read to see how they still hold up. Have you read, uh, um, have you read, uh, the Sandman Slim books? No. I think you dig them. They're, they're, they, 
they're not like the Dresden Files, but they're kind of Dresden Filesy. Like they're, I don't know. There's a. I feel like the, I feel like if you like one, you'd probably have a good shot at liking the other. I'm gonna write this down. Who wrote them? It's Sam and Slim by Richard Cadry. Cadry. Richard K. Morgan. I was like, what? No, Richard Cadry, K A D R E Y, or something very close to that. Okay. Yes, yeah, the Sandman Slim books. They're really fun. It's you know, badass occult kind of detective guy. It's almost like Constantine, but with more tits. Like it's it's fun. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's totally like totally tits. amusing. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, totally amusing, and it's it's very kind of Dresdeny kind of pulp, but well written in that kind of fun, you know, uh, popcorn candy kind of way. I hope you can't hear me pouring my mead right now. <laughs> eh, whatever. I, I make hear my something. own mead. So, uh, so we're all, let's wrap up with one more thing and then we'll be good. Um, okay. I don't give a shit about Roanoke. Do you? Roanoke like, Island? Yeah, the, the lost, uh, the lost, uh, settlement at Roanoke. No, not really. I don't care at all about it. That's a pretty random thing to pull out of nowhere. Oh, hey. no. They, oh, okay. I assumed you had read it today. It was all over the internet. Apparently, somebody is claiming they found where the lost colony uh, went to. Uh, but that's been stated many, many times. Yeah. Uh, but I was that's... reading that today, and I clicked on the thing, and went, why am I even clicking this? I don't give a fuck. Like, it was just one of those, uh, but yeah, it was all over the internet today. I'm like, guys, who gives a shit? You know, it's... Well... I could see the significance of it because it's one of those mysteries that w- won't go away. Here's the problem with it. it it's one of those mysteries that won't go away. Uh, we I'll, – I'll bring this around. Um, this might take me a few minutes, so no, bear with me. Go for it. Um, it's one of those things – people want – people like a good mystery and when they're proven wrong, people will still irrefutably believe that – you know, they're going to believe what they want to believe. Um, so in the end, either people will believe it and it'll go away or people won't believe it and it still won't matter. You know, if they did find where the people from Roanoke Island went, that's really cool because it kind of closes off that chapter of strange history. Because even if they did find where they go, it's still the history of the weirdness is still there. It's still a really rich, really rich, really strange off the wall story. So it's not, it's like, oh, okay, you know, that's how the story ends or whatever. So the mystique and everything, it's, people maybe won't like it because of the disenfranchisement and stuff like that. Um, do I care about it ultimately? No, I'll probably, I didn't know anything about what this is. This is the first time I've heard of this. So I'm definitely going to go check into it. I'm surprised I haven't found out about it yet. Yeah. But, uh, it's the, um, I'm t- searching for it now. Roanoke. It was, um, I think they found like, Notes on his map or something like that. Um, here from two days ago from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, maybe, blah. oh, I, this, I was hoping this would, they would have like a paragraph where it's easy. But apparently they found like, there was like, essentially like a little, uh, like a post-it note on his map, you know, vellum post-it note. And somebody went, hey, I wonder what's under there. And then they looked under there and it says like Roanoke with like a big fucking arrow pointing at the spot. I mean, obviously it's. <laughs> we went here. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, a little less, uh, uh, obvious than that, but pretty much that. Like they showed a picture of a map and it says Roanoke, but spelled slightly differently. Like it's that kind of level of something. So. Huh. Yeah. I mean, well, look cool. into it. I guess, I'm, glad they, I'm glad they found where everybody went to, but you yeah. Know. We did a show, um, last year. About, do you know the whole, do you know the story of John Teeter by chance? Yeah, yeah, the, the guy, the, the time traveler dude. Yeah. Exactly. 
we we know, um, and people are going to debate this now. This is an example of one of those shows. I actually I said I was never going to talk about this again, but I'm not really worried about it from your listeners because it's far removed. We did a show. There's a, a, a person by the name of Joseph Matheny. Joseph Matheny was the prime person behind the whole Ong's Hat uh, thing, if you know what Ong's Hat is. Uh, if anybody out there listening doesn't know what Ong's Hat is, look it up. It was this weird thing that took place in New Jersey or supposedly took place in New Jersey. It was one of the first online strange stories that just kept developing. And then it kind of turned into a um, like an alternate reality games kind of thing. Well, Joseph Matheny was behind this. Uh, Matheny is also a person who owns a lot of patents in the computer world. He's done a lot of stuff with uh, Adobe. You know, he created a lot of the programs that Adobe bought these patents off of him. And, you know, he's somebody who's made a lot of money in the computer industry. He was one of the original cyberpunks. Well, him and several other people um, created the whole John Teeter hoax where where on, uh, they went into the um, chat room for Coast to Coast AM the guy put a post up saying, I'm John Teeter from the future, blah, blah, blah. I'm here to look for this computer. I've gone back in time. I have to find this computer because the only way to stop the apocalypse is to get this computer because it only works with a certain amount of other computers and stuff like that. Well, for years, he had, he had hinted that he was one of the main people behind the whole John Teeter hoax thing. So, and he talked about it with us off the air. And I said, hey, why don't you come on our show and tell this story? It's a fascinating story. Let's try to put an end to this. And he said... Um, no, I don't really want to do that because if we do, again, you're going to get a ton of emails. People are out there that believe this stuff. No matter what you tell them, no matter what you throw at them, no matter what facts, it's like the guy that believes the, the moon landing was hoax. No matter what you throw at this guy, he's going to discredit because they want to believe what they want to believe. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't worry about it. I don't think our audience is that big. We're not, it's not that big of a deal. Come on the show. And he says, all right, all right, I'll do it. I'll come on your show. So we did a whole show about the whole John Teeter hoax, how he pulled it off. And off the air, he told us a bunch of other stuff. And he said, I, I really don't want to mention these people names. I don't want to talk about this. People can attack me all they want to. I'm not going to put these people out there and expose them and have them attacked as well. And I'm like, all right, I'll agree with that. Somebody says, don't talk about this on the air. We're not going to do it. It's one of the other rules that we have. So, you know, we, he just made casual references to different things and didn't bring certain things up and stuff. So we kind of we stirred the waters, the murky waters, you know, as best as we could and bring a lot of stuff up. So we did this show and he went into detail explaining this is how we did this. This is how we did that. This is where the picture of the time machine came from. This is how we made it. This is what this part of here. This is what that part is there. Well, what about the computer thing? What's the whole story about that? He goes, well, I worked closely with computers and this computer at the time, they were thinking ahead, like how the Internet was going to work and how networking was going to work. So they put this feature in there. Nothing ever really happened with it. That in itself is not that strange. There was a thing that came out with, I think it was the Sega Genesis, where there was a thing in there where Sega, the people made Sega Genesis said, hey, this could be, there was some kind of a technology in there where you could link the games together. I don't remember exactly what it was. Again, people can look this stuff up. But it's not unusual for companies to do that, um, to put stuff in their, in their gaming systems or in their computers for something that'll happen down the road that never quite develops. But the stuff is in there. It just never develops that way. Anyhow, we did this show. Almost immediately, we were barraged with this person's a liar. Why did you have this person on your show? This is, this is the reasons why he's wrong here. This contradicts what, what was said was here. This guy made these predictions and these things happened. It was just relentless. And I'm like, listen, this was this guy's story. And whether or not you believe it, that's fine. We just put it out there. And 
it got really, really bad. And it got to the point where he even went on his website and said, stop pestering these guys. I went on their show. I told the story. Don't don't pester them just because they put what they wanted to put up there or whatever. Leave them alone. And now he's gone. He's gone dark. I can't find him anywhere. He's not. He went off of Twitter. He's just up and gone. He just said, I'm tired of this. I, I quit. I'm done. And now nobody knows what happened to Joseph Matheny. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah, he's just up and gone. But he tried to warn us, and he was like, listen, if we do this, this is what's going to happen. I'm like, nah, it's not going to be that bad. It's, surely it's not that crazy. And it was. And even even now, every once in a while, I'll still get an email from somebody just jumping all over our crap for like, you know, how dare you put this show on the air? There's people out there that really believe that this thing happened from a chat room like 20-something years ago, you know, that there's people that really believe this guy was a time traveler. And there's, um, you know, our, our show, that show is now part of that Mesmia and, and part of the, the lore and stuff of that show. Our show, that episode has made it into that. I've seen it pop up on, uh, on different wikis and things like that and different chat rooms where people have made reference to it. Um, cause I really didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal, but apparently there is a whole subculture of people out there that are really hardcore into this. Cause we did a whole, a whole series of shows on time travelers. That was what started. We had, um, Jason Offit on, and he was talking about how at one point he wanted to do a thing in his blog about time travelers. So we had him on, and we, you know, we did some jokes about talking about the DeLorean and and the time machine that was in um, Napoleon Dynamite. Which actually, that the the time machine in Napoleon Dynamite that really exists. There's actually a guy that sells that time. The one they use in that movie actually is a for real thing. You could actually, I don't know if you still can, but for a while you could buy that. And there was instructions in there like to use this, you must be pure of thought. And there's little dials on the side of it, and you, if you have to, you can adjust them to like 3,000 years in the future. And it, you know, it won't work unless you have pure intentions in mind and all this kind of crazy stuff. But that was a for real thing. <laughs> and the and the website you go, to, it looks like it's something from Angel Fire. You know, that's, yeah. how, that's how old the website looks. Um, but that was what started it, and we just caught a ton of crap from it. It was it was insane. I mean, we had people that joined our Facebook page specifically to just to rant to us about it or people that would friend me on Facebook just to send me message after message. I have one guy on Twitter that says he is John Teeter. He is John Teeter from a different time period and he's back. He came back in time to stop the other John Teeter because that John Teeter, his information was wrong. So he has to stop it. It's like this weird, <laughs> I'm serious. This uh, is for, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it was for, but these people have done this. No, it, it's this, real that there is a person doing it. Yeah, yeah, I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, not it's and, for and this real. This guy was like, you yeah. need to have me on your show because that guy was wrong and I'm the real John Teeter. And I'm like, no, no, I, I don't I don't think we need to do that. I think we're good. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think things are fine as they are now. I think we've moved on and uh, we're in a different place in our lives. And uh, you're entertaining. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, again, I tie it back to the Roanoke thing where – even if they do find this and it is for real and, and it's legitimate, there's going to be people out there that are going to shoot it down just because that's what people do. Yeah. You know, because people want there to be a legend and want there to be a story behind it and want there to be something more sinister and strange. Um, and in itself, it is a strange story. These people just vanish and went someplace else, you know. You know, so it, ultimately, I think it was just like, you know what, this island sucks and winter's coming and maybe we should move someplace else because stuff here sucks and we should go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my thing about it, when I say I don't give a shit, it's the same as like new Bigfoot footage or something. I'll take a quick look and go, eh, all right. Cause yeah. there's nothing. It's it, as you're saying, like there's no, it, like with Bigfoot, unless you find a body, actually with Roanoke, unless you find the bodies, like there's no, there's nothing to be done here. And even then there's going to be argument. So 
for me, it's just kind of shrugged my shoulders and, you know, unfortunately I'm just kind of running out of interesting shit because there's so many weirdos that kind of ruin all the good stuff. That's one of the <laughs> reasons why we've walked away from a lot yeah. of this stuff. Like UFO footage, you know, I like, I don't have a problem with the, the concept of UFOs visiting earth. I don't, you know, that doesn't, that just, it, it's, it's just something. Yeah. Okay. Why, why could, how could this, how could, how is this a problem? The universe is incredibly vast. Our solar system is very young in the scheme of things. There are solar systems and things that are out there that are far older than we are, that are way out there further in space. Uh, mankind is very self-centric. We, we think we are the center of the universe and there could be, you know, that this, like, you know, that, like say the 1800s or something, there's nothing in the universe that could be more advanced than anything, uh, than mankind in the 1800s. Now we're in the new millennium where there's nothing out there that can be more advanced than we are right now. You know, this, the concept of that for a lot of people is hard to buy. Then you bring in the religious aspects and things like that of it. But I don't have the concept of aliens coming to visit the planet and stuff. Now, do I think that there's reptilians and greys at war with one another? No. You know, I, 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 not really. I don't, I don't buy into any of that crap and I don't want to cover any of that crap. But it's not too far fetched for me to say, yeah, it's some, sure. I'm sure there's something out there that, you know, sees us and monitors us and keeps an eye on us and, I mean, if I were an alien species, I wouldn't contact us. We're, we're out of our minds. You know, we're neurotic. We fight wars. We can't take care of one another. We're destroying our own world. Um, look at the election cycle going on right now. You know, <laughs> uh. we're, we're probably very curious creatures to sit back and watch. Do I think the aliens want to destroy the earth and, you know, destroy all the, you know, plant, people on the planet and take over the planet? I don't know. I don't really care about it that way. But, um, the problem with all the UFO stuff is even when you see UFO footage and things like that, I have to be skeptical about all of it, no matter what it is, because video editing technology at this point is so great that when you're seeing dots move around on a screen, you know, that's not very hard to, to, to do any of that kind of stuff. There was the video that was out a few years ago where the guy is filming out of his car a UFO, and then he goes back on later and says, yeah, this video is a hoax. But it's not just the UFO that's the hoax. Everything in this video was fake. The car is fake. This is fake. That's fake. And he deconstructs everything in the video to show how the video was created, that it was a fake. You know, and then the whole time you're watching the video, you're going, that, that UFO is not real. And you're not paying attention to that. Even the car, even everything else about everything in the video was fake. Oh, shit. I didn't see that one. That's pretty wild. Huh. Yeah. So... Like there was a video that just popped up last week where these there's there's a video that shows this ball of light floating and these three other balls are like come out the bottom of it and everybody in the background's freaking out, go, Oh my god, what is that? Blah blah blah, you know. And I can't look at that and go, Wow, this looks like it could be something real because you know, now you can videotape something on your iPhone six and edit it down and boom, you're done, you know. Yeah. And that's just basic video technology. So at this point, until we get a, a, a Bigfoot body or a crashed UFO craft or the aliens land on the White House lawn with a sticker that says made in Zeta Reticuli, none of this stuff is going to matter at this point. You know, it's we have to have something solid. And even then, I tend to wonder if it's if something like that were to happen, you know, it's 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 one of those things that people are it's going to take a while for people to sink in. Now, me personally, and my, uh, what I really believe is if UFOs were to make contact with Earth, definitively cannot be denied UFOs are here, aliens are out there, blah, blah, blah. You would probably have people freak out. It would put, uh, for a little while, it would put religion into a turmoil. Um, you know, you would have, uh, you'd probably have your conspiracy people flipping out and stuff like that. Ultimately, it would pass because 
Yes, UFOs landed on the White House lawn. They're there. I go back to what I said earlier. I still have to get out of bed tomorrow and go to work because I have a house payment I have to make. Life still has to go on. It's one of those things that's like, uh, you know, when mankind finally discovered that it wasn't that the sun didn't spin around the earth, that we spun around the sun. All of these great revelations that have been made all eventually just kind of get passed over and life goes on because people got to keep living their lives. Hey, totally. I mean, it, you know, if 40 years ago, uh, you know, we said that we're going to walk around with the most advanced computing systems that you guys have ever heard of times a million in our pockets and yep. we'll spend time playing games where we throw birds at piles. You know, they'd be like, this is fucking impossible. No way. With You know, the world will change the world will be great when it happens. And it's like, no, yeah. no, just... No, no, we're still just, you know, fat people looking at entertaining stuff. You know, it's in the end. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's the aliens. Yeah, I remember those guys. Remember when they, <laughs> remember when they landed? <laughs> yeah, you go back in time. If, if we could be John Teeter and go back in time and tell the world, yes, this actually happened. And people would go, well, what's the world like? It'd be like, we all sit and stare at a computer screen, talking to people on a screen and watching porn, pornography. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that movie Deep Throat, it's, it's, well, we're so far ahead of that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very much like now, but better-ish. Uh, yeah. it's really the same. I mean, honestly, just pop on by. I mean, you'll be here eventually. Yeah. It's the same shit. Like, <laughs> gay marriage is now legal. Well, well, how much has that changed the world? Eh, it did for about 24 hours, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we cared for a little while, and then, uh, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I guess. And then the religious people were like, called Facebook. Everybody put equal bars and rainbow stuff on their Facebook status and stuff. What's Facebook? Don't worry. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It's, you ever, you ever wonder what happened to those people from high school? Well, they'll tell you a lot. That's pretty yeah, much it. They'll tell you a yeah. lot. So, yeah. so, but ultimately, if these things come to pass, you know, it's if these major revelations come to pass, I don't, I don't think in the long run it's going to make a really big difference at, at some point. You know, it's still going to be like religion's another one. If if it come to pass that UFOs are real and aliens are out there, what will happen is I think you'll see this this morphing of religion to either it'll either like it happens now. You've got people that refuse to believe that that if if aliens and stuff are landing, they're not extraterrestrials. These are the devil. These are demons trying to pull people away from the power of God. Where if it does, UFOs do land and aliens walk out on the White House lawn. You're going to have those people um, going nuts. You'll probably have the white supremacists or some form of racism going nuts. All those things. The movie Contact, I think, covered that pretty well with all the protesters. But you're also going to have, I think, what will be is there will become a time of acceptance and then there will be a time of, of integration, which is like the, that's how the Christian religion survives. It kind of adapts, consumes, and makes things part of its religion. So what you'll eventually see if, if UFOs were to land tomorrow, within 20 years you would see, oh, yes, God created the Zeta Reticulans too. You know, blah, within, blah, blah. No, not even within 20 years, within this year. Uh, Pope Francis actually put out a papal bull saying if they ever found – maybe it wasn't papal bull. Let me take that back. He made a statement. Somebody asked him about aliens and he said there's nothing in the doctrine that says God didn't make other planets with people on it. Exactly. And that's and the, really current, isn't, the current know? Pope said that. So if yeah. they land, he'd be like, yeah, dude, we already covered this. This, this doesn't – you know. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and the people were like, oh, well, they, they know the aliens are out there and stuff. They're preparing us for them. And I thought it was kind of, I don't know if I agree with it, but I thought it was kind of cool that he did that, you know, in a weird way. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, because before this, it was like, well, the, you know, the the anti-religion argument was, well, this will disprove. And that's that's probably why they've begun adapting that process, because it was, well, if, if alien extraterrestrial life is out there of any kind, then that will di disprove the Bible because the bri the Bible doesn't make any mention of it. And that was a big argument for a while in the skeptical and atheist community. 
And now you're exactly like you just said, you're seeing the beginnings of a, you know, a consume and a morph and conquer kind of thing. Yeah. That's like, you know, like religion, you know, Christianity thousands of years ago was not what it is now. A lot of the Christian traditions have come from taking over pagan traditions and incorporating them into the Christian faith. Um, you know, uh, I, I, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law were telling me a story about Halloween, how it's actually, th- they believe that it says actually people were people were wearing masks and going door to door because they were trying to hide the fact that they were Christians and they were trying to blend in. And it was actually to go door to door and get religious things from other houses. I don't remember exactly what the story was. Um, the story of the Christmas tree and um, Easter, you know, uh, you know, whereas Easter was the religion of the pagan, you know, fertility god, Estar or whatever. And it got adapted to where, you know, there's cute little bunnies and all, you know, all these things have all been kind of compromised and pulled in and, and altered to make them fit into the religion. And that was how religion got new followers. They would show up in the land and say, all right, well, that tradition, we're going to incorporate it with this tradition. As long as you become a Christian, you can still practice that. And these things got changed over the years. I'm going off in a different direction here. <laughs> no, it's I mean, but you're, you're a big point. So aliens yeah, show up, you know, Pope is fine with it. And in a hundred years, 150, 500 years, that we'll have, you know, Blarg's yeah. day in, in June. And it's like, you know, when Blarg came down from the mountain of Nifnirf on yeah. Zeta 4. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, Jesus was over there, too. You know, like yeah, fucking exactly. Mormons think Jesus showed up here and talked to people. How quickly cool are we going to have a space future. Jesus? <laughs> like 500 years from now and see how, how, how theology has evolved to, you know, cause you don't know 500 years from now, theology may have evolved to actually accept homosexuality and include it into it. You know, it'd be funny to go in the future and be like, what? You believe yeah. what? <laughs> no, 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 no. 500 years ago, you guys believe this. Trust me. I'm not out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair. I mean, it's theology used to have that. It's just the Christians got all in the way. You know, the, the Romans and Greeks and all this, and they were sucking each other's dick left and right. They didn't care. It was just mm-hmm. the, the Christians that showed up and kind of ruined everyone's day. <laughs> yeah, theology definitely evolves as time yeah. goes on. You know, the only American additions you have to the theology are Scientology and Mormonism. I believe that's what America's contribution to theology yeah, is. Seventh-day Adventists and Christian scientists. There's a few others, but yeah, for yeah, the most part, those yeah, are the, the Raelians, you know, yeah. but I'm talking about, you know, big major religions yeah. and stuff like that. So, but, um, yeah, we've gone for a while now and every time you try to get me to stop, I go off into a different. No, it's fine. No, this question. is, this is <laughs> a, this is a good, uh, good end. I, I think we've, uh, just proven God yet again on the show. So, uh, that's good. Uh, it's hail space Jesus, our, uh, new. Hail Cthulhu. Yeah. Yes. Our, our secular space God who's going to come down and give us, uh, God science to worship. Praise Bob. Uh, praise Bob. We got to put that in there too. Hey, praise Bob. Uh, uh, yeah, we are both popes now. I have decreed it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's fun. How do people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find us on iTunes. We're pretty much available on any podcast aggregator out there. Just do a search for Project Archivist. You'll find us on iTunes. Uh, I myself, because I use an Android phone, I get my podcast. I get our, our show, your show, and a lot of other shows. I use an app called Podkicker. Uh, so you can find us on there. Uh, you know, any, any place you can find podcasts, you'll find Project Archivist. Um, this would be an example of one of our more serious shows. You know, we get a little bit silly, but again, if you listen to the show, I, all I ask is that you, you know, bounce around to a couple of different episodes. We did an episode, for example, called Get Religion, and we took a look at 
alternate religions and that was one of the shows where we had people that were kind of in on the joke and we had a guy on from the Church of Dudism. We had Ivan Stang on from the Church of the Subgenius. We had a gentleman on the show who actually created his own uh, religion based around Batman that was urban shamanism based on based around Batman. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and it, we, it was one of those shows where we laughed at what everybody was doing, but we weren't laughing at them. They were they were in on the joke. They were like, yeah, this is silly. We know what we're doing, but, you know, this is all in good fun. Um, we've done shows about, uh, we, we know Dr. Tyler Cochon, who's one of the main researchers trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's disease, and we've had him on the show to talk about, you know, killer viruses, and that stuff really scares me. We've done shows on serial killers. We've done shows on, um, you know, we go all over the place, so... If you listen to our last episode about fast food freaks out, freakouts, it's just us being stupid and reading dumb news stories about people like a cop flipped out on somebody pulling out of a taco bell because somebody cut him off. So he threw a burrito at their car, chased him down and started waving a gun at him and tried to arrest him. And he was <laughs> off duty. And there's a, a skit of an audio skit that we played from YouTube where a woman's in a drive through flipping out. And she says, don't make me assume my ultimate form. And she tries jumping through the window to attack this guy. <laughs> She thought she was Fajita because she couldn't get chicken McNuggets at 10 o'clock in the morning. Wow. You know, yeah, that, that, see, that's, that, we find that stuff interesting. It's like, there's enough weird stuff going on in the world where we don't need to cover UFOs and ghosts and stuff. There's weird stuff that happens every day to everybody. A lot of it is just stupid human tricks, for lack of a better term, but there's weird stuff that happens all of the time, all around us. And sometimes we just get caught up to, you know, with, with living life to take notice of the weird things that happen. And sometimes we like to cover that stuff. Sometimes it's funny to just sit back and laugh at the stupid news and laugh at ourselves and laugh at the things that people do. So, yeah, so, yeah, give us a shot. You know, if you like us, you like us. If you don't, that's cool. We understand, you know. That's what I say with my show is, is listen to three. Uh, that's probably a good bet with yours. You know, it's just yeah. try to, try to take in a few and you'll get the vibe. And if you don't like it, then. Well, you wouldn't have heard me say this part, yeah. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> We've been around for, we're on 155, I think we're like 160 episodes altogether. Our old stuff is far, if you're like, if you listen to the show Mysterious Universe and you're into them, our old episodes sound a whole lot like Mysterious Universe until we learned what we were doing. Because in the beginning, you fake it till you make it. So we just copied everybody that we really liked. And as time goes on, we've we've evolved into our own thing at this point. So, you know, give us a shot. If you like us, cool. Thank you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. Our Facebook group is very active. There's lots of stuff. If you like weird news and strange news, lots and lots of stuff gets posted on our Facebook page every day. Um, you know, give us a shot. You know, that's all I can ask. So, Yep. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, people know where to find you. And uh, I wish you good luck in your yeah. further researches down the rabbit hole of weird Anytime you need, you know, somebody to come on and fill some space, if I can do it, I'll gladly come on your show and, you know, talk your ear off for an hour and a half. No, it sounds good. It gives, yeah, it gives me a break. I like it. I always like when other podcasters come on. I'm like, oh, good. I don't have to yeah, do all the, the same work. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I like promoting other shows, you know, yeah. so it's, it's not that big of a deal for me. Yeah, and it's relaxing because it's like, oh, yeah. good. I don't have to, like, do everything this time. Yeah, like with yeah. me coming on here, I don't have to edit this. So, you yeah. know, I can just sit here and drink mead and talk all night. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, cool. Well, have a good night and thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, sir. All right, see you.